Star Wars 7x7 episode 1288 today. The second of two episodes looking at the news stories and legend stories being hinted at in the incredible cross-sections book about The Last Jedi from DK Publishing. Punch it, Chewie. This is Todd Vander Hayden. I'm a national Canadian television anchor with CTV News and a syndicated radio host. And you're listening to Star Wars 7x7, the only daily Star Wars podcast. Hey, Rebel Riser. Welcome to Star Wars 7x7. I'm your host, Alan Voivod. And there are, I guess you would say, four different types of stories that are included in the Incredible Cross-Sections book by Jason Fry with illustrations by Kemp Remillard from DK Publishing. And thank you again, DK, for sending me a copy to peruse and dissect in great and laborious detail. <laughs> um one of the stories, one of the kinds of stories, I guess, is the kind that hints at the business world of what's going on in the Star Wars galaxy. And one of those examples is featured in the spread for all of the custom speeders that are on display outside the casino at Canto Bight. We get to see them as they're being trampled by the Faviers, and so there's not as much of a featuring of those vehicles as there might have been with deleted scenes and whatnot, but there's a whole spread where they talk about how they are customized. And so when you get into stories about the different uh, shops in the old town of Canto Bight where they're doing all this custom work to speeders, you find out that it's almost like a, you know, Orange County Choppers or Gas Monkey Garage or, you know, similar situation like that where there are these custom shops that are working to, you know, one-up everyone and make these speeders even more awesome, more impressive and do all these radical customizations too. Then there's a second kind of story. It's the ones that are actually fully told in very short order. And one of the examples of that is the naming of the Radis. That, of course, is General Leia Organa's command ship that is ultimately destroyed in a last desperate gambit by Admiral Holdo. And it was originally called the Dawn of Tranquility, but the book reveals that when Admiral Akbar came around, he actually lobbied for it to be changed to the Radis because even though he did not necessarily agree with the way Radis took care of things, Radis was a little more hot-headed for a Mon Cal, whereas Admiral Akbar was a little bit more methodical and strategic. He still respected what Radis did with the Battle of Scarif and all that, and so decided that he wanted to see the ship named in honor of Admiral Radis. And Radis, of course, is the guy who led the strike force to go in support of Jin Erso and her team at the end of Rogue One. Then there are stories that hint at new content, new ideas that have never been discussed in the Star Wars universe before. So an example of that would be the story of the Vigil, which is one of the ship's in the quote-unquote resistance fleet, such as it was. That's the one that probably looked very much like a rebel transport to you. It turns out that there's, you know, a whole story about how the resistance got a hold of this thing that references a battle. The battle is called the Battle of the, uh, here we go, Chazadron Shoals, C-H-A-S-I-D-R-O-N Shoals. It says, Resistance Commandos captured the Vigil from pirates in a battle off the Chazadron Chazadron Shoals. Again, excuse me on the pronunciation. So what is this battle on the Shoals about? This is the first reference to it in either the new canon or the old canon. This is absolutely brand new stuff. So this is a story that begs telling somewhere down the line. And like many ships in the Resistance fleet, its history 
has to do with designs that were not popular and ended up in the secondary market and were scrapped and were taken and retrofitted and ended up in Rebel Cell's hands that were then you know stripped down, for example, like the A-Wing fighters to make more in line with being competitive against TIE interceptors in dogfights and that sort of thing. Or, you know, these where they were found in secondary markets and pirates adapted them, but then this one was taken away from pirates or the ski speeders that we talked about on yesterday's episode. So the more you look into the history of these ships, these vehicles, and how they were acquired by the Resistance, you get a picture of a very scrappy organization. Not that you didn't think the Resistance wasn't scrappy to begin with, but you realize the lengths to which they have to go in order to equip themselves to have any hope of dealing with the First Order and helping save the galaxy. And then finally you get the kinds of hints and details that suggest that things from Legends of the old expanded universe are actually being brought back into the canon at some level. So there are a couple of examples that I wanted to share with you today about this. One of them has to do with the Virgilian Free Alignment, and this is a story given as part of the background of Admiral Holdo's ship, the Ninka. It is actually a Virgilian bunker buster, and it has sort of that hardened profile like some of those uh, hammerhead corvettes had and you might remember those either from rogue one or star wars rebels but instead of having a vertically oriented head like those hammerhead corvettes it has a horizontally oriented one that's very much like say the tanner four it's the uh, rebel blockade runner if you will but there's also mention of a bitter civil war that the free alignment waged with its star system's imperial backed government and that definitely ties into some stuff that's on Wikipedia about Virgilia and the activities that were going on there. So it seems like that's one particular thing being brought back into the fold. And Admiral Holdo must be mixed up with it somehow because she got a hold of a Virgilian bunker buster and says that Holdo adores her rugged little ship. So I have a feeling that Holdo has a good history with this ship and it you know might be something say tied for example to one of those throwaway lines in the last jedi that poe dameron utters where he says that's admiral holdo battle of chiron belt admiral holdo yeah so it's one of those great moments in star wars that hints at the larger galaxy and yeah i have a feeling that holdo and the ninko are probably deeply involved in that success And lastly, lastly, the one that I think was probably the most exciting for, you know, maybe Star Wars fans who have been at it for quite a long time is a reference to Zim the Despot. And it's in regard to the description of the supremacy of Supreme Leader Snoke's ship. It says that, uh, let's see here, it dwarfs the Super Star Destroyers used by the Empire's command ships, the trophy battlecruisers built by the wealthy core sectors during the Republic's death throes, and the most outlandish reconstructions of Zim the Despot's flagship. Now, that reference harkens all the way back to Han Solo and the Lost Legacy, the last of the three novels by Brian Daly. And I guess technically you could say that that harkens back to the absolute initial heyday of the expanded universe. I mean, what really was the expanded universe when it first started? It was basically Splinter of the Mind's Eye, right? The Alan Dean Foster novel. And I guess you could consider the radio drama for Star Wars as an expanded universe kind of situation. And the three Han Solo novels. I mean, that was the literal start of the expanded universe along with the Marvel Comics series. And I really like the fact that they're doing this. I know there's a lot of discussion and in some cases consternation over what happened with the expanded universe when they rebooted the canon in April of 2014. But 
I think I've been pretty clear on the podcast here that for me at least, since I didn't have an investment in the expanded universe, not a huge one, I was really excited about the possibility of being able to experience the entirety of Star Wars all over again. And this is really giving a new dimension to it by actively integrating some of these legends elements into the new canon. Not only is it getting me to explore some of these elements, but I think it's also actually respecting legends and saying, hey, there really was a lot of valuable stuff there, so we're not just utterly throwing everything out and pretending it never happened. We're actually going to look at the stuff and say, you know, there's a ton of it, and we really want to have a new, fresh look at it and see what belongs in the Star Wars galaxy. And so kudos to Jason Fry and to DK Publishing and the Lucasfilm Story Group team for getting some very neat new elements and some very neat old elements into the Incredible Cross-Sections book and thus back into the canon and into our Star Wars legacy. All right, I'm going to take a quick break and I've got one more bit of information for you when we come back. Stay tuned. Hey, Rebel Rouser. If you haven't done so already, please consider leaving a review for Star Wars 7x7 on your favorite podcast app. Not just a star rating, although I will say we are personally very proud of our near-unanimous five-star rating on iTunes. No, I just mean a thoughtful sentence or two about what you like about the podcast, or how happy you are that it's part of your daily routine. And more reviews means better visibility, which means more people get to share in a daily dose of Star Wars joy, and you want that, don't you? Of course you do. So please leave a review on your favorite podcast app today. I thank you, and the Star Wars 7x7 podcast thanks you. Welcome back. So a bit of Jedi business for you since we haven't talked about the box office performance of The Last Jedi in a little while. In case you missed the news, The Last Jedi is the biggest domestic box office movie of 2017. It always feels a little bit weird saying that, knowing that it made a good chunk of its money in 2018, but be that as it may, the way they count it is when it opened, and it opened in 2017. So there you go. It beat out Beauty and the Beast in second place and Wonder Woman in third place. However, it isn't quite the king of the hill in terms of the worldwide box office. That's still Beauty and the Beast, but at the rate The Last Jedi is going, it will catch Beauty and the Beast probably by the end of the weekend, actually. And not only that, but it is currently 12th in all-time worldwide box office. So when it passes Beauty and the Beast, and in the process it'll pass The Fate of the Furious as well, it should become the 10th highest grossing movie of all time. And then it has to set its sights on Frozen at 1,002,76. 276 million, I guess I should say. As far as the domestic box office is currently in sixth place, and it's looking up for $45 million to pass Marvel's The Avengers for fifth place. And not too long after that is, I think, another, let me see if I can do the math off the top of my head, what, uh, 29 million more to get past Jurassic World and go into fourth place, and then another 7 million to pass Titanic for third. So I think we can finally say for certain that that whole narrative of negative audience scores and whatnot has been safely put to rest. And what a relief. (sighs) All right. (laughs) That is going to do it for today's podcast. Thank you so much for listening, as always. And may the force be with you wherever in the world you may be. Thanks for listening to another episode of Star Wars 7x7. And hey, before you become a spy for the Jedi Council, check out SW7x7.com for show notes, links, photos, videos, and more. 
And if you want to join the inner circle of fans of the podcast, become a patron of the show at patreon.com slash SW7X7. It's not a night at the space opera, it's Destiny Unleashed. This podcast is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox, and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars-related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2018, Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.